Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Haven't announced the players who have tested positive in the past for HIPAA reasons. It's going to become pretty apparent if you don't see your team's backup shooting guard for 10 days, you're going to know that he's come down with it. So I don't know how that's all going to work when you understand that some of these guys are going to say, I, I don't feel sick. It's going to be an issue. That's Brian Windhorst talking about issues with asymptomatic players, telling the public what's going on, getting them up to speed. Uh, we do hear some players and names. Nikola Jokic can't come back to the U.S. until he has two negative tests in 24 hours because he tested positive. PK, when he does get back, the story's going to swing down the court because seeing the photos of him on social media, he didn't even look like the same guy. The first time I saw a photo of him, it was a double take. He's dropped 40 pounds. always thought he wasn't in great shape, but I didn't know he's going to drop 40 pounds. That, that seems like a lot. I assume he's in great shape and conditioning won't be an issue and he didn't lose any strength doing that. But uh, they counted him a lot, obviously, at 20 points a game, 10 boards and 7 assists. But he, he looks like a different guy. So he won't be as good skinny? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I got to say I wonder that because he's so good inside. How much strength did he lose? But I feel like a hypocrite for saying that because I thought all along he needed to lose weight, that he wasn't in great shape, that the Jazz should be running him up and down the floor. <laughs> I never thought about it. Yoke is expected to be cleared to travel to Denver within a week after completing a quarantine period. What are the Lakers going to do without Avery Bradley? One of their one of their glue guys. He's not a star, but he's not going to play. He's got a six-year-old son. He's got a history of issues recovering from respiratory illnesses, so he's not going. And already, J.R. Smith reuniting with LeBron is his story. Get J.R. to fill in. That'll give us a chance to look at that video of him those two looking at each other and LeBron looking at him like, don't you know the clock? What are you doing? Hmm. Milwaukee Bucks coach Mike Budenholzer said having a healthy Giannis Antetokounmpo is a huge advantage. Superstar has sprained a minor joint capsule in his knee on March 6th, but he's now fully recovered. The Budenholzer says the break was a, quote, huge advantage for us. The Giannis will be completely and totally healthy. He's in a great place, both mentally and physically. Yeah, it's great news. He's a star. The Bucks, the Rockets, two teams that uh, it feels like should be benefiting. The Rockets were playing poorly and had some guys who were worn down. Those two teams, maybe there's other teams, though. There could be other guys out there we don't know about who are who had issues, who are healthier now after all this time off. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We spent a lot of group time talking about the ongoing issues, talking about the platform that they have and how to best utilize it, how to do so thoughtfully. And our position is simple. We're going to support our players and their willingness to partake in this, um, whether it's statements or actions. Tomlin says statements are good, but impact is better, particularly long-term impact. Those that have a desire to participate in a positive way, they're going to be supported by us. That's Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. And really, he's he's coached for so long, we've heard him talk so often. Nothing there surprised you, did it? Isn't that pretty much what you'd expect out of him? Well, suppose they want to do it in a negative way. What are they going to do then? Talk him out of it? I don't know. 
Well, I ask the question. DJ and PK. We spent a lot of group time talking about the ongoing issues, talking about... Hashtag college football. To say that what happened with me and USC was emotional would be an understatement because this was something that almost killed me. I went through during my uh, NFL career where I was depressed, I was suicidal. I went through a wave of emotions that really affected me in such a way because I was in New Orleans by myself. I have my teammates there, but you know, there's a lot of time by yourself. If your mindset and if your foundation is not in the right place, that can be deadly. Anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, mental health issues. PK, that's all way over my head. We just had Steve Cleveland on uh, earlier this week talking about the anxiety and the depression that uh, he found in the players that he was around, whether they played for him or he knew him through all the camps. He did in that. He said it's just pervasive in this generation. I guess Reggie Bush backing up what Steve Cleveland was telling us. If those are his feelings, man, who am I to question him? West Virginia has placed defensive coordinator Vic Canyon on administrative leave. It's launched an investigation into allegations of mistreatment made by Mountaineer safety Kerry Martin Jr. on social media. Yeah, that's Vic Koenig. He used to coach at Wyoming. He was the head coach there for a while. Three I read years, all yeah. I read all that stuff, and and the young player said that Koenig is a is a part of a different generation. You know, he's a different time. He's sixty years old. We talking about that was a different time. I thought sixty-year-olds back in the seventies and eighties they were the different generation that was going to make the difference. It's, all, now, it's <laughs> always a generational gap, no matter what and happens. Now, and now this young guy's saying, "Well, and he, yeah, well, wait, man, he was he was back in the thirties and forties." <laughs> Let's get Vic's thoughts of what how stunned he was when baseball integrated uh, Reggie or Jack Jackie Robinson. Hey, come on, 60's not that old relative to what's going on in, in with race relations. That, that that was a surprise comment, but he's just a kid who made that comment, so 60 might as well be 160. Well, you want to place a bet on these 20-year-olds when they're 60 if 20-year-olds will be saying these 60-year-olds don't get it? Because I would bet, yes, that's going to happen. I'll be dead, so I won't be able to pay off either way. Nah, so. I'm the one who's going to be dead. <laughs> you had all the 100-year-old relatives. Well, I'll be too uh, uninterested to collect because you'll be dead anyway, so what would I collect? There you go. All right, you got me there. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. July is the monopoly month for baseball, right? The NBA is over. The NFL hasn't started. And that's the month where you have the All-Star game. You have the trade deadline, of, of which, by the way, you have neither this year. But it's a huge opportunity. And if baseball had been able to play July 1, and play the month of July and had exciting pennant races, you might have been able to carry that over. Instead, what baseball did in June and July, with no NBA and no NHL, is you fought in the media more than any other sport. And you made people not like the sport. That's Major League Baseball Network's Jim Bowden. Well, also wanted to say players are happy with the 60-game schedule, which is kind of shocking because uh, listening to the summaries of these negotiations, I don't think they're happy with anything. But I guess the group that ought to be happy now, PK, is the people who say the 162-game season is too long. It goes on forever, and they can't follow it. 60 games, I mean, this is going to be uh, a pennant race right from the get-go. The countdown will be with 10 games in. We'll be down to our last 50. Well, I couldn't disagree with Bowden more. 
if you're going to be interested in the sport, you're going to be interested in the sport, uh, it, whether they captured July or not. And so what, what was that going to do? Ride a new momentum, and then all of a sudden another 150 million people, yeah, man, I, no, I can't do anything. i got to watch this game. Because they captivated me in July, unlike anything else. And so now it's August 1st, and i got to watch. Sorry. Sorry, son. Sorry, daughter. I can't spend any time with you. i got to watch this because they had July to themselves. I mean, that's an exaggeration. And the negotiations, you were just hearing from a few people. You weren't hearing from the hundreds of baseball players. And they can't go out and speak publicly to risk all sorts of wrath. So to say that all, that's all, that you're right. That's all you did hear. But that's not all that was to be heard. Yeah, but if there's ever a sport where you got to get along, go along. Guy, guy, eighteen on the roster can't come out and start talking. He's got to stay in line, be quiet. Exactly. Sixty-game schedule. Going to run through September 27. Teams are going to play their four divisional opponents ten times apiece, and then they'll play the five interleague opponents in the same geographical area four games apiece. So the National National League West will all have ten games head to head, and then four games against the American League West and they'll do the same thing in the East and in the uh, in the Central. So now we know there's going to be a season. This is the Dodgers year. Am I right PK? Now they're going to get it done. Uh, well, uh, the National League West playing American League West. American League West was really good last year. I mean, obviously with Oakland and Houston and the Angels, you know, Mount Trout hasn't but been in one playoff series, but I believe they won 86 games. And I always thought if you win over 85 games, you're a pretty good team. It's hard to win 85 games when you're playing that many. Uh, you know, you weren't good enough. And obviously, if you win 90, 95, 100, you're really good. But that, that's a tough division, and they're going to have those crossovers uh, going on there. And it's, it's, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I can't say for sure whose year it's going to be but uh, you know, they're, they're a pretty good ball club for sure a couple new features here the National League's going to have the designated hitter and then in extra innings teams are going to begin with a runner on second base so hopefully in a year where there might be issues with pitching and lack of arms and all that hopefully they'll eliminate 15 and 18 inning games get those things over in the 10th and 11th well the thing that I like about that is it adds more strategy you know it I don't have a problem with it because anytime you can add more strategy to the game, I think that it is good for the game. Really any game, but particularly baseball because it's a slower moving game and one of the intriguing aspects is the strategy. So in the top of the 10th, you know, you start a runner at second and uh, he moves him over to third. So what does the, the home team do? They bring the infield in? They bring the outfield in. They treat it as if it's the winning run or it's just simply the go-ahead run. You know, how do they f- handle that defensively? That'll be new stuff that we haven't seen before because, you know, you're in prior times, if it was the top of the 10th and you had a runner on third with one out, you would bring the infield in because there's no guarantee that you're going to have a runner on base. So you treat it as if it's the winning run as opposed to the go-ahead run. Well, now you know in the bottom of the 10th, you're going to start out in the same situation. So how does that work? And do the does the offense, do they even try to move them over? Do they play for a bigger inning as opposed to that's the winning run rather than the go-ahead run? So how does the offense, has, is that guy going to bunt or try to ground ball them over? But they may think, hey, well, they're going to have uh, the 
the home team's going to have the runner on. So we need to play for more than just one run. And, you know, what's the strategy there? And I think if you're a purist baseball fan, strategy is something that you like. If you're not in the sport, then it doesn't matter. And I'm not talking to you either way. I'm talking to a wall. I understand that. I'm not going to try to convince you to be involved in it. If, because if you aren't, you aren't. So what? So what? Go on and do whatever else you're involved in. But if you are, it opens up some strategy. I like that. High schools, I've seen them start a runner at third. And go from there. So I think it's actually good for the game, and it's a good experiment. And it might be something that they they pick up and do for years to come. Contact hitters have been devalued. Power hitters are much more valued. To put a guy at second base can change that equation. You just brought up a whole lot of strategy. But you know, if you're pinch hitting late in the game, the guy who makes contact who can you know hit a single to the opposite field that could be everything now with a runner at second base. Certainly with a runner at third contact small ball could be back all right dj and pk there you go there are the uh headlines and they're brought to you by shamrock plumbing receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at shamrock plumbing 801-295-1690 that's shamrock plumbing dj and pk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. I've driven through Declo with Scott Gerard. Declo has some stuff. It's got a school there. It's got a little uh, intersection. You do blink and you miss it. I stopped at a gas station near Declo. There was a woman behind the counter. I said, do you know Scott Gerard? She said, no. So not everybody knows him. What, are you just trying to put Scotty down? Why would you I tell thought, that story? No. At no point that I would put Scotty down. Uh-huh. Declo has some stuff. You do blink and you kind of miss it. Not everybody knows him. I like Declo, man. I like the people I've met there. I got nothing but good things to say. Uh-huh. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical. At 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. All right. Baseball's back. Are you ready to buy some peanuts and Cracker Jacks? I think the answer for most people to this is probably, yeah, but I think it takes a little luster off because I think there's a different group of the people who like to go to games and the people who like to watch on TV. I mean, there's always a little bit of overlap and separation in that, but... You know, the NFL, you can consume on TV. I guess college football could be the equivalent of the minor leagues, and people like to go to those games, and those aren't necessarily the same people. And I just wonder how many people are going to miss going to minor league games here on the Wasatch Front. Mostly the Bees, but, you know, Warren and Ogden have had Pioneer League teams, and it looks like that's going away permanently, probably. And no Bees this summer, so... You get it on TV, but are you going to travel and go to games, which I know people plan vacations around that? You usually see a Giants game in San Francisco, PK. So it feels it's all the way back, but it's still it's still a really different year, and it's going to be hard to get to a game. You can weigh in on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. Hit us up on Twitter. Already the responses are coming in. Nope, don't care. It is going to be weird with it overlapping with the NBA playoffs. If you watch it on TV, it's going to be a little uh, 
a little harder to fit it in around your basketball schedule. It's one more thing. For some people, that doesn't matter because there's lockdown on baseball. But something you were missing, and it wasn't there, and now it's back, even the 60-game variety. So there's got to be some part of you. Come on, you're going to flip on a show, at least catch some highlights, flip on Twitter, see some crazy catch up against the outfield wall. It's something. Even if, it, even if you're not sitting down in front of it at three hours or turn it on and have it on while you walk around the house, guy, it is something. And you got to at least embrace that. Cam says, peanut allergy in this house. So no on the peanuts, but I do enjoy watching a game on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> the background music of life, PK. Have it on while you're walking around the house. What Saturday afternoon with uh, what? Joe Garagiola and Tony Kubek <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Yeah, that was big for me after living in the New York area and literally having uh, a game on every day. Find out how the rest of us lived, huh? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you had two teams back there, obviously, and they didn't televise home games. They televised road games. Well, someone was always away, whether it was the Mets or the Yankees. And growing up, you know, I watched a lot of Mets and Yankees baseball. I can recall, particularly in March, man, I was so excited because – I wanted spring and summer to come so bad. It wasn't really, even as a kid, I wasn't a winter guy. And, uh, boy, I, when they would televise the spring training games, I'd get off the bus, and I would literally run home. And it wasn't very far, but I would run home. I'm, I mean, I'm talking third grade, and my both my parents worked. So I was, what do they call I don't even know if they use that phrase anymore, a latchkey kid, to where I was home alone because I had older sisters, and they were gone married or going to college or what have you so i would sprint home and catch the last couple innings and you know see number 97 come up to bat, <laughs> somebody you know never even heard of uh so that was such a big big deal for me and then i move out to phoenix and there's nothing obviously that's where i got into the dodgers because they had the games on the radio uh ktar uh, which is still, it's a news and sports. They've got uh, two singles, AM and FM now. And in the evenings, Dodger baseball would be on the air with Vince Scully and Jerry Doggett and Ross Porter. And that's I, I became, when I say fan, my, my definition of fan is different than most folks in terms of living and dying. I, I've never really lived and died. But I most definitely became a fan of the Dodgers because I had it on the radio. And then on the FM side, we had uh, the Angels. They were broadcast, too. Uh, Don Drysdale and Enberg, I think, were uh, announcers at the time, if I remember. But for whatever reason, I, I was more of a National League kid, and so I watched, I listened to those games on the radio. And then if they had, when they had games on Mondays and Saturdays, that was it. And, uh, and then the, the Cubs and the Braves came along a few years later and became Cubs and Braves fans because they were on. And then, of course, it blows up after that. And then, and then in the 90s, the, the D-backs get their own team. But that was fun for me as a kid who had gone from an overload of baseball to almost cold turkey of not having anything. And I enjoy those games of the week deal. I mean, anything that's put on very rarely at the time became a big deal. Like Monday Night Football was a big deal. You know, and they keep trying to switch announcers as if, that's going to make a difference for Monday Night Football. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Right. I, with, with a plethora of games on, the actual games, there's so many of them that there's really – it's not a unique situation when a game is on television. You know, to me, 
the quality of the game is what's going to draw me to Monday Night Football. Certainly not any announcers. You can change announcers left and right. I couldn't tell you all the announcers that they had. And when I was a kid growing up back east, my parents would let me stay up for the first half, and I'd watch it, and then they had highlights at halftime, and then I'd go to bed. Yeah, because it was, you know, you got to get to bed. To, it didn't start till what, 9 o'clock back there? And uh, that was always a treat on Mondays. Well, now, you know, highlights, my gosh, it's in two seconds. It's on your phone, let alone, uh, I don't know that I ever watch any highlights on television. Rarely. I mean, they, and if you're watching a game, they cut in and show it to you immediately, yep. practically. So you don't even need to look at your phone. So you see it almost in real time. So all that stuff is not as uh, unique anymore. But as far as the, the baseball coming back, yeah. I think it's a good thing, man. It's just, it's, to me, I want normalcy of life, and I think everyone wants normalcy of life. I think we want, I think a high, high percentage of the population wants racial equality and wants a return to normalcy, and it's the fringe that doesn't. So this is a little bit of normalcy. It's 60 yeah. games. It's two months. It's cut right to the pennant race. Except, I guess it's cut right to the pennant race, except you won't have a bunch of teams eliminated by the first 100 games. You know, all, all the teams that are stumbling around at 40 and 60 are already done. I guess they'll get, get themselves eliminated soon enough, but you know, it'll take 30 games to get them eliminated, and by then there'll only be 30 games left. So that'll keep more fan bases in it. Yeah, and I think those wild cards have done that anyway over the course of the regular uh, season as it's constructed usually the wild card uh, and adding another wild card was absolutely a brilliant idea for a sport that is deep rooted in tradition they've come up with some ideas that have worked and the wild card and the other wild card i think that's some of them a couple of examples that have worked because it's kept fans interested in their particular team and you know if you're five games out the first week of august even if you don't really have much of a prayer you certainly have one mathematically because yeah. you know there's enough schemes to and teams have done it in the past to where there's been some legendary uh, stretches where teams got really really hot and the team ahead of them got cold or what have you and they they've made up uh, games that have been more than five so that that's added to it and uh, going forward there yeah I, I think for people who are interested in it it's just good to have it back and this labor stuff, I don't think people are fans of labor. I think they're fans of games, and they're fans of the sport. And so if you're interested, like myself, I mean, I, I barely read any of it because I don't want these knuckleheads to take away my enjoyment of it. I'm a fan of the game. I didn't grow up being a fan of, uh, of arbitration or, or whatever it might be and all that stuff. That you know, that, That's the money aspect. I get that it's a business, but it's not a business for me. It's a fandom for me, and sports are a release and an outlet, and they're not businesses for me. I get for those folks involved, they are, and try to get as much money as you can, whichever side is you're on. If you're on the ownership side, management, or player side, or agent side, get as much money as you can. I'm never going to tell you to don't worry about money because uh, money is extremely important, and uh, that's that's the way it goes. But I'm not into it, you know, when it comes to that, and. I don't think that people are going to be turned off when the games are. Just like the stuff that's going on here with uh, Donovan Mitchell speaking his mind. You know, I'm writing about this, and I'll ship this over to you here in a little bit, Hatch. is that 
with the Mitchell situation, you know, he had what thousands of comments, and some of it are commendation and some of it's condemnation, right? The range is anywhere in between. Way to go or shut up, you know, basically. And so the range is anywhere from extreme left to extreme right and anywhere in between. But I think when it gets right down to it, when they return to the floor, you're going to be a fan of the game. And so you're going to watch. At least that's my mindset. And no matter what they do or say, as long as it's not just completely outrageous on either side, I think you're going to be back and you're going to be into the game and you're going to accept one's political differences or overlook them, whichever it might be. Or if you're like me, Donovan Mitchell, 23-year-old young man, and you got something to say and you want to put it out there, put it out there. You got every right to put it out there. I don't really care what you think politically. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not a fan of your politics either way. I'm not a fan if you say something that I agree with. Oh, man, that's my guy. You know, I, I, I know people. I got family members. Oh, that's Steve Kerr. I really like him. Yeah, because he agrees with you politically. Hmm. <laughs> of course. Mitt Romney, now there's a man. Right, because he voted against Trump. <laughs> so. it, even, it even goes beyond politics, though, PK. I say this all the time. You get into discussion like, uh, you know, place like if you work at a place like Channel 2 with a couple hundred employees, right? So you know people, but you don't know everybody. And then you're in a meeting or whatever, and you're trying to do whatever it is, right? Hey, I think it ought to be plan A. I think it ought to be plan B. And somebody else has got a plan C. And you decide whatever the project is, you're going to do this. You walk out of that meeting and you'll say, so-and-so, who you kind of knew of, but you never really heard him. They're really smart. I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, it's because, yeah, you both thought plan B was the way to go. Whatever the company decided, whatever the decision was, the people who think like us, we think they're smart. Whenever you hear that, somebody says, hey, I didn't really know whoever. They're pretty smart. I was immediately, I want to find out what it is you were talking about. And and it totally happens with sports fans. You know, you get into any debate... uh, well, just because the Jordan thing was just on TV, right? The 10-part documentary, Jordan um, Jordan or LeBron, who's the GOAT? Well, as soon as you hear two people talking and one picks the guy you pick and then picks it for kind of the same reasons, you're going to say, that person's really smart. Yeah, because they agreed with you. That's what it comes down to. Nine times out of ten. Although I go the other way. If you agree with me, I think you're suspect. <laughs> Kind of shady. The person who wants to stand on the sidewalk in the neighborhood and argue with you after the sun went down, you figure that's the savvy person? (laughs) Yes, because I've gone through a lot of bitter experiences and learned that most of my things that I thought were wrong. And so eh, if you're agreeing with me, you've got a problem because my track record isn't very good. Leave it to you. Got the world backwards and upside down. I learned. I learned the hard way, but I finally learned. That's the way it is. I want to seek out other people because they're probably going to be right. I don't have a very good track record there. So, and that, that, that's the way it is here with most of this stuff. And, and so be it. I think that if you're a fan of the game and baseball, you know, metaphorically, you're going to buy some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. My wife actually got some free Cracker Jacks over in Denver. Did really? You know about that? Yes, you know, we have, you're right, we have gone, last several years, we've gone up to San Francisco, or over to San Francisco, or down to San Francisco, whichever you prefer, I'm still thinking from the Arizona standpoint up, 
but uh, we've gone to the ballpark and taken in uh, two games. So we'll go for two games, and we've done that probably six, seven years in a row. And uh, a couple times we, before we started doing that, we went to Denver, and maybe even sometimes during the same season, we've gone over to Denver and have done the same thing. Just go over there for a weekend, leave Friday afternoon, come back Sunday night, and catch a couple of ball games. Well, we're over for Denver one year, and I try to get good seats, and Denver's a lot cheaper than San Francisco has been, for sure. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Captain <laughs> so, Obvious. <laughs> you know, San Francisco there, man, had the phenomenal run for a number of years, winning three World Series. And uh, anyway, over in Denver, the seventh inning, when they're doing the uh, seventh inning stretch, which is a nice tradition, the announcers chuck out bags of peanuts and uh, down below. And I try to get good seats. And she caught a bag once, came right to her, stuck up the old right hand and caught it. So we sat back for the bottom of the seventh and the eighth and ninth and had some Cracker Jacks, which was I thought was cool. I tried Cracker Jacks as a kid and I didn't like them. And from then on, popcorn, check. Peanuts, check. Hot dog and a soda, absolutely. Cracker Jacks, eh. Cracker Jacks and cotton candy, two things I never really got into. But it was for free, so it tasted marvelous. <laughs> it was free. Yes. and It's like getting a, a T-shirt when they shoot those. Well, you probably don't need or want a T-shirt, but you got it for free because they shot it out of the gun there, and somehow you caught it. Uh, I can recall a couple years back, uh, we were sitting down the right field line in uh, at the Big A Angel Stadium, whatever they call it now, and uh, guy hits a foul ball, right? And we're probably midway down between where the dirt turns to grass and where the right fielder is positioned, right? So we're not all the way down, but we're a good ways down because t- those seats were surprisingly expensive and. I didn't feel like paying as much, so we moved. That's Those are the seats we took. And there was a group of uh, like four or five people, men, uh, guys and gals in their 20s. Guy, and one hits a foul ball, and uh, it goes a couple rows up behind us, ricochets off an empty seat, and comes right back to a kid in his 20s. And so he catches it, right? So his back is facing the... Uh, field and he catches it and I could and he's just not more than five yards away and my gosh you would have thought it was the best thing that ever happened he had a look I can't believe that just happened to me like he won the lottery or something and I thought it was so cool he was so excited that he caught a foul ball (laughs) was a baseball worth and probably so this was probably two three years ago and i bet you today he has no idea where that ball is but the in the moment he was so excited to catch that foul ball and the ricochet because it looked like it was over his head but it hits the uh, an empty seat and shoots right back at him and so he just catches it as if somebody was tossing it to him underhanded and he was just so excited and that's the thing that's what we were we were hugging endlessly that she caught the bag of Cracker Jacks. How cool was that? They're chucking them out, and they probably only have 50, and we got one of them, and it was for free. They throw Those Cracker Jacks never tasted better. They throw out 50? I don't know. That's wow. off the top of my head. Why? Yeah, they had a bunch of 
bags of, of Cracker Jacks. And as the song is being played, how long does the song take? A minute or two? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're chucking him out. Uh, and, you know, even though under my breath I could not say root, root, root for the Rockies, <laughs> I felt a little bit uh, that I betrayed them because they probably thought they were throwing it to a Rockies fan, and I'm not a Rockies fan. But nevertheless, she stuck out her hand, caught it, which, you know, just goes to show her athletic ability, barehanded no less. Pretty impressive athletic accomplishment, if you ask me. Well, Kirk Crackthorpe told her told us they needed her on the uh, the co-ed team and not you. And, and, and I don't know if he had ever told me that because I did not remember that. I did not remember that he played co-ed softball. I don't think he played with her. I don't think he was on the same team, mm. but he must have played against her. And I have played in multiple co-, co or did play multiple co-ed leagues when I was younger. And certainly the key to your co-ed teams is how good your females are. Absolutely. If you get some ball players, they make a huge difference because you have to have, uh, I think you have to have like five and five. And so and if you have some women who can't play, or men for that matter, but the quality of your women. Yeah, and I played on a team that was really good, and we had some women who could ball. I mean, you'd put them, put them wherever. You just you'd, didn't have to just stick him at catcher and slow pitch. You put him at second, short, third, outfield, first. Did not matter. And they could play. And we I remember one summer, man, we had a real fun team. And and if you screwed up, man, those women got in your face too. <laughs> they, were, they were there to win. <laughs> the uh when when I played co ed softball, the and I don't know about the leagues you were in, but the rule was that guys could not bat back to back. Right. So if you had six guys and and five women even when the lineup turned over, you could not bat back-to-back. So it was, it was more like you had the rotation of, you know, the, the guys had one batting order, the women had one batting order, and you just then you just alternated. And the thing is, the uh, were the women the automatic out? And you just knew you could get out of an inning without giving up a big inning if you could get an out. And so if you got players who are good, who are women, every other, the, the, you could just feel the other team like, okay, we'll get the out here and we'll get out of this. And if they can hit, then, then it's on and you can have the beginning. Was Honey a baller? No, she was not. <laughs> if she played one intramural in college, I would be surprised. I don't think she did. I didn't, See, know her I, the, I didn't know her the whole time, so I can't say it. I can't sure understand that at all. Yeah. I cannot understand how someone who's in sports, not in sports, but into sports, is married to someone who isn't. It, that, to me, is just mind-boggling. So she picks her spots, and this always struck me as so odd, but when we would drive down, one of the best outings, she loved driving down to Dodger Stadium from Santa Barbara. She would eat stuff at a game. She's a very healthy eater. You put her in a ballpark, man, and the guy just comes by and yells the food, it doesn't matter. You're thinking, that's like 3,000 carbs, 28 billion grams of sugar, and I don't even know how much food died. And she's like, yep, we'll take two. Let's go. Like, are you kidding me? Just ordering the the malted, the uh, the ice cream. Bring bring the cotton candy now. When she ordered cotton candy, I was just looking at her like, who are you? Meanwhile, Who you know, are you? Yeah, at home. Well, we'll steam the asparagus. You're like, what? What? You're crossing me up here. No, she was good. Extra inning games and everything. But you put you put baseball on TV, and she just walks right by it. Tell her we're going to a Dodger game. All about it. 
Sign me up. I don't understand it. Can't figure it out, but that's the way it is. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Spencer Cox, the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Utah. Let's talk a little bit about the Jazz in regards to that social unrest. And Donovan Mitchell on Instagram and on Twitter receives comments coming back at him. When you saw some of those responses, what went through your mind? Look, it breaks my heart, but at the same time, I think proves the point, right? We like to imagine that, yeah, this is stuff that happened 40 years ago. We're over this. We're a different place. We're better than this. And while we've certainly made some strides, you see those types the comments and you hear that kind of feedback and it makes everything that Donovan is saying real. It is out there. And what I hear from black men all the time is that they're tired of this burden and carrying it. It's time for us to step up and carry that burden for them. And I'm just glad we have somebody like Donovan who's speaking out. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Join the big show at the warehouse Thursday, 2 to 7, 86 East University Parkway in Orm. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! All right, PK. This has been, uh, this has been a uh, lockdown-induced segment here. We didn't have games to watch anymore, and now we know with baseball coming back and basketball coming back, got a little more than a month before, well, we'll just be watching games and people will know immediately what we were watching and be able to figure it out. But they can't figure out what you watched last night yet. Did you watch anything? Anything that yeah. surprises? What'd you see? Uh, a couple things that I really enjoyed. Uh, one, I was you know I was just flicking around after seven o'clock or so, and they were doing a recap of the '84 draft, and there were some really good players in that '84 NBA draft. I'm speaking of, and uh, one of them obviously was John Stockton, and they interviewed John at the time, and then they had some reflection. I don't know what uh, he clearly looked older, so it was probably somewhat recently on the reflection and he talked about how he had his family at his house and and uh, he got the call and he said it was hot rod huntley on the other line and he said jazz fans weren't booing they were just saying who it wasn't boo it was who you because know, this little guy out of gonzaga and all that stuff right and gonzaga wasn't near the power that it is now and so then they follow him a little bit and they show some clips they talk to frank Layden. And then the later reflection was stocked in saying, you know, I had I didn't know what my career was going to entail. And obviously it went on to be a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time and all that stuff. He said, but I knew coming in that I could get the ball to the people who needed the ball and where they needed the ball that allowed them to score. So it shows him as a youngster making some really nice plays dishing it off uh, to guys. If I remember correctly, I think there was one to Thurl, and Thurl goes in the dunk because Thurl would have been in the league one year. Didn't it go Thurl, Stockton, Malone? Wasn't that the uh, the three years in a row? 
Yes, Thurl was eighty three after they won yeah. that championship. Right, and that and those are that's the foundation of that that great run that they had, and obviously the run lasted for many many years. And Thurl was a part of that for sure because he came in eighty three, and then John followed followed by Letter Carrier the, the next year, and it showed him uh, dishing off to Eaton, and so I was, and then they went back to Laid and said, oh, he's a very confident young man, and we knew that, so he didn't necessarily know that he was going to be a star which he ended up being, but he knew from the beginning, he said he felt he could play in the league and get the ball to the folks who needed to get the ball, and specifically where they needed it. You know, you're not going to throw a pass down low to Mark Eaton and expect him to have something good come of it, right? And so that was interesting that his mindset as a, as a youngster was you get the ball to the guys who can do stuff with it and get it to them where they can do something with it, literally on their body and then also on the floor. And so I enjoyed watching that and having him talk about that. And then they went on with Barkley, and they, they interviewed some Sixers. Uh, and at the time, uh, the Sixers were a little bit of an aging group, right? And uh, they had a team meeting, and I forget who the other player was that was talking. And they went to this other player, and he was a rookie, and they said, do you have anything to say? He said, nope. And then uh, he figured, I'm a rookie. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> and then they went to Barkley, and then Barkley raises his hand and says, yeah. I, got, I, I think the offense needs to go through me more. <laughs> 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 and obviously Barkley was a Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame player himself. So I watched that, and then later on, they were uh, recapping the uh, series between the Lakers and the Sixers. And what was that? Was that 1980? Well, they played multiple uh, times, then, so I don't know which one. But in well, 80 was Magic's rookie yes, year. Yes, rookie year. Okay. And so they go through the deal uh, where Dr. J does the thing where he goes underneath the hoop and 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 somehow spins it back. I mean, just an iconic move. Yeah. And they went to Magic, and you know, and we, we we've talked about that game six and all. But Magic's point was Jamal Wilkes had thirty eight points in that game, and nobody talks about it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think about Jamal Wilkes's career, that's sort of who he was in college and in the pros. He was a really good player, but he was overshadowed by better players, even though he himself was really good. Had the weirdest shot, the slingshot behind his head. Maybe there was a little bit of Reggie Miller in there. Reggie was a little unorthodox with his release, but really good. But Jamal was really unorthodox and really good. You would never teach anyone to shoot the ball the way Lamar or the way uh, uh, the way Jamal did. But uh, man, you couldn't argue with the results. He was awesome. He was lights out. He get the ball on the baseline. It was over. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Barry Sverluga from the Washington Post joins us next with his doubts. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.